the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Rachel Gilbert. Welcome to the London Free Press Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. London woke up to a new mayor-elect and a slew of new councillors after last night's municipal election. There were a lot of landslide victories, a few upsets, and some very close calls. Despite some changes, though, it seems Londoners were pretty apathetic about the whole thing, as voter turnout was incredibly, if not historically low, at about 25%. The new council takes the helm on November 15th with a new mayor and eight new councillors out of 14. So today I'm talking with London Free Press City Hall reporter Megan Stacy about the election results and what's to come with London's uh, brand new council. Hi, Megan. How are you? I am doing well. How are you, Rachel? I'm good. Have you had enough coffee uh, to keep you awake <laughs> after your late nights? What night? a night. You know, yeah, I, I that was late. claim responsibility because I told my newsroom results would be in pretty early. So, you know, I'm never going to do that again. I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's like you jinxed it. You jinxed it and then it, oh, darn it. We're out till <laughs> two in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's first talk about voter turnout because that's kind of that's a, a huge thing. Really, did anybody actually vote in this election? Bottom line, no. Yeah. <laughs> you had about one in four eligible voters in London uh, cast a ballot, like just over 25 percent, which is um, we'll, we'll have to do a little bit of investigating. But that's certainly the lowest in, in any recent history uh, and I think might be the lowest ever just so poor and really so disappointing, you know, um, to see so few people turn out. And, mm -hmm. you know, we talked before about how important local government is, it affects your life. But the reality is, it was, you know, a pretty quiet race, people are, are burnt out for a number of reasons, you know, lots of theories about why that is. But yeah, the bottom line is that people just did not vote, they did not care, or at least didn't care enough to drag themselves out and spend, you know, 10 minutes marking their ballot marking a ballot or investigating who who these candidates were right because that could be a job in itself you know they say that if you don't vote you can't complain right so we're not going to have very many complainers over the next four years here Who's in London, kidding, i think right Who's yeah it'll, it'll be great. <laughs> nobody's going to be complaining at all um did you talk to any experts or maybe that's something that's to come about you know some of those theories about why voter turnout was so low why don't we yeah. care right now I know it's really disappointing. And I think for people who do care, that is just such a punch to the gut to see such a low turnout. And I think, you know, it does actually speak to the wider race, like what we saw unfold last night. So yes, if I was speaking to any experts, yes. In fact, I had to trash my whole story that was, you know, I was kind of pre-writing little behind the scenes of the journalism biz. Of course, <laughs> we have to start writing things early. Yeah, And, you know, the, the overall picture, that big picture, I, I, I literally trashed my, my whole story. Well, oh virtually boy. trashed my story, right? So I was calling up new experts at 1130 at night because the bottom line is you've got more than half of city council is brand new right now. And yeah. so Martin Horak, political scientist at Western University, said something that I thought was really interesting. When you have such low voter turnout, like one in four voters, right? A quarter of people who could mm -hmm. vote actually did it. 
what you've got there, he says, is a bit of a different picture. You've got a very engaged core group. So it's not, you know, what the number of people we want to see heading out to the polls, but those who are there, folks who, you know, maybe follow politics really closely or cared enough to do their research, as you mentioned. And so he says, you know, that um, really affects the race in other ways, different races, because some of those usual markers, uh, usual deterrents, things like name recognition might not matter as much. If you've yeah. got a really interested, engaged person, they're going to be doing their research. Maybe they don't care. You know, they're not just marking the ballot because they recognize the name. Sure. So I thought that was a really interesting point because we saw three upsets last night, in addition to the five races where we knew we would see new faces joining council because incumbents weren't seeking re-election. And you got to wonder if that played a role. Um, you know, in some of those those defeats. And the other thing that Martin mentioned to me, an interesting um, trend, or I'm not sure if you could call it a trend with two people, but both the appointed councillors, so Miriam Hamu in Ward 6 and John Fife Miller in Ward 13, both were appointed about a year ago after sort of unprecedented situation with two vacancies after two councillors resigned. And so uh, their colleagues chose them. They appointed people to fill those seats. And both of those politicians, despite, you know, obviously huge name recognition, they've been in the job and have the title for almost a year. And I would argue, you know, a, a decent job representing their constituents, no yeah. major scandals, um, you know, uh, not everyone was happy with their votes, of course, but, you know, no major problems. Right. And they were both turfed last night. So you got to wonder, is this a case of people saying, we didn't like that process? You know, we want to actually sure. elect our own counselors. Maybe not, but it's sure interesting to keep note of. And there were a number of people at that time who said we shouldn't be appointing. So kind of raises that question again, does council need a better process? So just sure. a few oddities, right? But yeah, the bottom line is, Nobody voted and people who did clearly wanted some change. Uh, yes, obviously. Half the council is different. We have a brand new mayor. We knew that was going to happen. Um, so let's kind of go through maybe word by word, but we'll start with the mayor. Josh Morgan is our new mayor. Um, Khalil Ramal was kind of his closest opponent, but this was like not even a race last night. Absolutely. You know, Morgan, that was the first uh, decisive victory, the first person that we knew, you know, and, and probably a lot of people would have said we knew that going into Monday night as well. But, you know, Morgan walked away with like two thirds of the vote. Uh, so, you know, huge margin. Um, he he was very, uh, you know, gracious, said he was humbled, uh, you know, all, all of the usual things that you would expect him to say and basically trumpeting that that mantra of we're ready to get back to work and you know continue on the good work he's of course been on council for two terms mm -hmm. I will give Ramal some credit uh you know he had a tough campaign like personally he lost his mom in the middle of the campaign his father's also in the hospital and he mm -hmm. still showed up right so he took home uh, about 22.5 percent of the vote last night so as you say well well uh, below well you know not not giving Morgan much of a race at all but yeah. he also showed up to RBC place where there was an event um to speak to reporters or at least this reporter <laughs> um yeah. you know and uh and I I give him credit for that I really do he he wasn't there he watched the results at his campaign office you know saw a huge defeat and then showed up to respond and he said right. listen we you know we we did what we could. I thought it was a good fight. We raised the issues important to Londoners, homelessness, transit, uh, you know, all sorts of other things. And the people have decided 
that's that. So very gracious um, and defeat. Absolutely. I thought yeah. so anyways, and uh, give yeah. him credit for showing up too. That's not the easiest thing to do. So no. Morgan was celebrating at Toboggan, huge bash there, lots of supporters, of course. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people suggested that was, that was kind of a foregone conclusion. There were other yeah. people running for mayor, but not, nobody made my, you know, single digit um, results for anybody else other than Khalil Ramal. So yeah. that's that, a cakewalk, we can call a it. A cakewalk for, him, <laughs> for, for Morgan, yeah. Um, Morgan did make a speech uh, after, uh, you know, his win. What is his plan kind of going forward? What are what are some of the key things that he touched on um, and that he's going to focus on in, the, in his next term? Right. And of course, on election night, uh, you know, with much respect to our, our new, new mayor, Josh Morgan, you get a lot of platitudes, right? He's going yeah. to work to make life better for all Londoners, improve the quality of living, working for families etc. Uh, but you know, he had a really detailed platform. I think uh, another expert uh, said to me last night, you know, he was really clear in his campaign, he's running on the idea that he's going to move forward what's already been started by the last council, right? He was deputy for the last two years. So he's sort of that status quo guy saying, I'm, I'm going to move these plans forward, whether that's, you know, the start very slow start into climate change action, uh, you know, uh, programs to create more affordable housing. Um, he, on transit, he is a big supporter of this mobility master plan, which is a real overarching plan we're expecting from city staff, uh, you know, at some point, I believe in 2023. So he says he's waiting for that before we can really make decisions on where to go with big public transit projects. So, mm. you know, all these sorts of things, not to say he didn't have new ideas. Of course he does. He talked about like a rent to own program to try and get new people into homes, all sorts of interesting things in his platform. But what it really comes down to is, you know, he's, he's the status quo guy he's going to continue what was started by this council so we'll have yeah. to see you know really how he hits the ground running and what he's looking to do in those first like 100 days uh in office but uh it's going to be a different kind of job than it may have been for him you know just seeing the way the race played out because he's going to be helming a very divided council at least that's that's what I see right now with some of those upsets that maybe weren't expected last night you're going to have I think some really tight votes over the next term you know mm. eight to seven um, nine to six I think you're going to see a lot more of that and uh, and you know maybe what he assumed or what some may have assumed would be kind of an easy block for Morgan, you know, the Morgan, Lewis, Lehman, Hilliard, those folks are still around, but some of the others that you may have expected uh, to be joining council uh, might not be in that group, right? Van Holst is gone. And um, anyway, so, you know, you're going to see some changes there and, and it might be a bit of a trickier job, I think, for Josh Morgan to try yeah. and chart that course over the next four years with, um, with what I expect to be a pretty divided council. Sure. And and there's eight eight new counselors out of fourteen, as you said, and that's there's going to be a lot of growing pains, just with those those new faces, right? And learning each policies and procedures like that is that's a that takes time. That right? is such a good point, Rachel. I think sometimes that's under underestimated, underrated. I find that people who are joining council for the first time, there is a huge learning curve. Yeah. You know, it's great to say, here's, here's what I'm running on. Here's what I'd love to do, but learning those processes and procedures, learning what you can and can't do, as you say, yep. you know, all of that is, is, can be really difficult and take some time as people kind of get their feet under them. So it'll be interesting sure. to see how those new counselors do for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's go through each ward kind of briefly. There's 14 of them. So 
<laughs> There's a lot to go through. Um, we'll start with Ward 1, where Hadley McAllister beat Michael Van Holst, who was the incumbent, um, who may have... I, 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 he he drew a lot of scorn over the last term, I guess you could say. Um, but she she beat him out. Yeah. Had, What's your analysis? Had, your yes. expert expert opinion. Hadley McAllister did. He uh, he knocked off Van Holst, and that is an interesting race because there were nine people vying for that seat in Ward One, and so I really expected that a number of those candidates would split the vote and reelect Van Holst easily. Mm. You're right; he has been a controversial figure, especially during the COVID nineteen pandemic. We know that, right? He's, um, you know, he broke councils, was found to have breached council code of conduct in four different places because of some of his um, anti-vaccination or anti-vaccine mandate efforts. So yeah, real polarizing figure. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but Hadley, you know, he had the backing of the Labor Council. He clearly had a really good ground game because that's what you got to do to turn out that vote. And um you know, it's really interesting to see him uh, triumph over Van Hole. So that's going to be really interesting and one to watch for sure. Uh, You know, he came out several hundred votes ahead at at the end of the day. He took about 38% of the vote uh, to Van Hole's 28%. So it's not as if it was a squeaker. Mm -hmm. Um, Really interesting there. And, uh, and I think a lot of people will be watching to see how he does for sure. Hadley's, you know, um, for lack of a better term, like a progressive voice. He ran on progressive ideas, as I say, backing of the Labour Council. So uh, he'll be a very different um, voice than Van Holst on council. I will say Van Holst was really liked in his ward uh, for doing the constituency work, like showing up for people. So uh, I'm sure, you know, Hadley will will try to do the same or or at least, you know, I think the voters and his constituents will demand it, but it'll be interesting to see how he does. Yeah. Ward two. Uh, oh, oh, Ward two, yeah. No, that's okay. Sean Lewis, he he was the incumbent and he ran away with it. He only had one opponent though. For sure. Not much to say in Ward Two. Sean had it easily. We all knew he would. He just had the one challenger who said he was dissatisfied with Sean's leadership. He uh Mike Unicki, he sort of ran as the anti-establishment guy. Uh, he's also an amputee and he said he wanted to bring the voice of people with disabilities to City Hall. But Lewis is a pretty strong candidate. Uh, he really does the constituency work. He talks about his wins. He shares with that. He made his way around the ward like he didn't just phone it in during the campaign either. Did a lot of canvassing, door knocking. And he actually did quite a bit of that during the term as well, which I think people really like, like seeing sure. their counselor really involved. running for re-election. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> he had a, a real easy win there. Um, as expected. Yeah. Uh, Ward three is Peter Cuddy, um, a well-known name from, you know, Cuddy Farms in Strathroy. And he's a new, another new face on council as well. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I think the name recognition here really helped both from his family business and also he's a school board trustee with the Thames Valley District School Board right now. So a lot of people will recognize his name. Uh, I will say he was very, um, he was smooth at the debate, right? You could tell uh, he's, he's used to speaking in front of a crowd. I think he probably, you know, sold a strong message at the door. And, um, you know, I was actually really interested to see how Ward 3 played out. His next um, strongest, you know, challenger was Bob Wright, who's a retired lawyer, and really made a push for, uh, I'm the candidate who actually lives in your ward. There were a couple other who, others who also lived in the ward, but Wright, um, you know, he, he uh, 
had a much better uh, performance than I thought last night. He's a retired lawyer, as I say, and he also talked about how um, he was, you know, he uh, chaired a mediator board, right? And he was a mediator and he talked about how there's really nobody that I can't work with. So clearly his okay. message about living in the ward doesn't matter too much because Cuddy doesn't. Uh, he does own property in the ward, he says. So he pays property tax there, which I think would would sell it to voters. I think that's sure. a question that people can understand. Uh, okay. Cuddy, of course, leans a bit conservative. He sought the nomination both for the Conservative Party federally and the PCs um, provincially uh, in, in about the past five years, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. I would expect he would vote with, you know, the Morgan, the Lewis uh, block, but of course we'll have to see what he does. And uh, he certainly got a little bit of experience from school board. That's a natural stepping stone up to council. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he does. Right. We there is another trustee who's made it uh, in Ward Seven, but we'll get there in a second. Uh, ward Four. Uh, Stu Susan Stevens said she won by a landslide. As we know that Stephen Orser, who is a former councillor, was uh, up against her as well. Um, but she's a new face, and she just took it away. Yeah, another really interesting race, right? I think what you see here is that a number of progressive candidates split the vote. Uh, Colleen Murphy, Matt Nicolaitis, and uh, Jared Fisher. And as you say, Stevenson, you know, almost walked away with it. I also heard a couple predictions, you know, people who know politics and thought that Orser might take it despite mm. doing almost nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, so that's a really interesting one. I, I suppose that Susan really sold voters on her message of safety. She sort of trumpeted like, I'm going to be your common sense approach mm -hmm. uh, towards the end of the campaign. Uh, there was a little bit of interest in the fact that she was a significant donor to the People's Party of Canada. At least she appears on federal donation, um, you know, lists and the, the postal code matches her, her business address. So that's going to be interesting uh, to see how that plays out. She certainly hasn't talked about that publicly, at least as far as I can see. Uh, but she's certainly, uh, you know, a more right-leaning uh, candidate, um, mm -hmm. now councillor. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what kind of leadership she brings to the ward. The other thing that I think is maybe worth mentioning in Ward 4 is that the outgoing councillor, Jesse Helmer, he did not endorse anyone. Hmm. And I kind of wonder if that might have made a difference. Maybe not. You know, yeah. this is also a case of ranked ballots would have been a very different race there, but we don't have ranked ballots anymore, right? Sure. If you could yeah. have, if you could have ranked, um, you know, a, a number of progressive candidates, but obviously that's not the case. Jesse came out at the last minute with like a blog post that really urged people not to vote for Stevenson and said, mm -hmm. you know, he could support any of those three candidates that we talked about, Matt, Colleen, or Jared. But uh, it's far from, you know, throwing his weight behind one of those candidates. Yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that would have sealed the deal. But I do wonder, you know, when you've got a guy like Jesse who who won his two terms pretty easily, um, if that would have lent, you know, enough support and some real credibility to one of those other candidates. So we'll have to see how Susan does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ward five is Jerry Pribble, another uh, another new face. Is that That's right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jerry, I think, you know, despite not having um, sat on council before, he's really got some name recognition just because of yeah. the roles that he holds in the community. He's a restaurateur and he also ran for the PCs in the June provincial election. So, uh, yeah, that was an interesting race. You had uh, Connor Pirati, um, a teacher running against him, but this was Jerry's race. And I think most people called that uh, just 
you know, kind of that presence, that familiarity in the community is, is hard to, hard to beat. And of course, I think it, his representation kind of makes sense for that ward um, that's in, in the North uh, part of London, Masonville and um, Stony Creek, those sorts of areas. So yeah, I think that tracks and uh, you know, Jerry's a reasonable guy. I'm sure he came across well at the door, put some effort into his campaign and, you know, a name that a lot of people already knew. Yeah, name recognition there too. Um, Ward six was Sam Trosso. Now he beat, and we we touched on this before, Miriam Humu, who was appointed during the last term uh, because the councilor in that ward stepped down. Um, and now she was appointed like 11 to three last term. So the last term councilors really wanted her, but it seems voters this time did not. Absolutely. This is a really interesting one. So, you know, like Ward 1, an incumbent was turfed and Sam and Miriam, you know, they were presenting, I think, pretty different visions for the future. Uh, Sam is very left. Um, he was talking about things like the need for more protections for tenants. You know, he made a big push uh, about transit. And this is Old North. Uh, Ward 6 includes Western University as well. An expert last night told me that uh, in talking to students, people's uh, Sam's vision seemed to resonate a little bit more. You know, his understanding and, and calling out of those issues that really affect students, things like the bus driving by you every day, right? Yeah. Those sorts of things, you know, of course, protections for, for renters that appeals to, to a student body as well. So yeah, as Sam is a, a Western law professor. He told me last night he's ready to move on to his next chapter. So he'll be phasing out that work, really going to give his all to city council. Um, I think he will be, we talked a couple of weeks ago, Rachel, about the disruptors. I think he will be a disruptor mm. for sure. So mm -hmm. frankly, I was a little bit surprised. I thought that Hamu would have that race. And um, it's really interesting. It, it does kind of track for that ward, right? Old North, the, um, a lot of Western folks, both staff sure. and students. So you're going to lean, uh, you're going to lean, you know, fairly progressive in that area. But yeah, Sam is going to be a really interesting uh, counselor to watch. And I think he's going to have a lot to say and a lot that he's trying to, uh, to change um, and maybe even turn, turn on its head. So we'll see yeah. what happens there. Ward seven is Corrine Rahman. She's a former trustee, but now now on council. Did name recognition help her there? Do you think? I think so. Absolutely. Corinne's, you know, very uh, strong candidate. She ran an organized, credible campaign. She got the name recognition from school board. She also jumped into the race really early. Morgan didn't officially endorse her, but I heard from some that they were sort of um, campaigning together or signs seemed to go up together, things like that. So she may have mm. had some help that way, but definitely ran a very strong and organized campaign. Uh, good head on her shoulders. So not too surprising um, to see Corinne's victory in Ward 7. Yeah. Uh, Ward eight, Steve Lehman. He's the incumbent. He won by a landslide anyway. Everybody liked him. He was he's in again. That's right. Walked away with it. Not too much to say about Ward eight. Uh, <laughs> he, he had it easy there. And uh, there were a couple of challengers. But yeah, it was clearly going to be Steve's race. And uh, and indeed it was. And it was. And it was the same in Ward nine with Anna Hopkins, another incumbent, obviously. Uh, she won by like three times the vote. Absolutely. So this will be Anna's third term. She's going to be something of, you know, the veteran on council along with Josh Morgan, right? Sure, yeah. uh, it's going to be really interesting to see that she had a downtown business owner challenging her in the ward, but that he really didn't seem to pick up too much speed. Anna had it easily. It was interesting. Last night I said to her, did you know you were going to win? And she said, oh, I'm always worried. 
Like I, oh, really? I, I, work, I work hard because I'm always worried. She said she loves campaigning, loves canvassing. And so she knocked on a lot of doors. Uh, and um, yeah, I think she'll, it she'll works for her. To, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Ward uh, 10, Paul Van Meerbergen again. Was this much of a fight? I don't think so. Uh, Kevin may put up, uh, you know, some good numbers. Uh, Paul had it though. Easy, uh, easy win for him. And we've seen him do that before, right? Van Meerbergen is, uh, you know, veteran. He's served many, many terms on council. He was defeated in, uh, in 2014 by Virginia Ridley, but then knocked her off in the last election. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the reality here is he's got lots of name recognition. He's got the experience. He doesn't have to do a whole lot to win that race. Um, unfortunately or 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 fortunately depending on the way you look at it yeah right depending on who you voted for um ward 11 this one it was interesting to me um skylar frank took this one uh she got 57 percent of the vote ish uh point whatever um beating out jeremy mccall who we talked about early on we thought this was going to be a a lot closer race he got about 27 percent we thought this would be a lot tighter Absolutely. I think this one's really interesting. And again, it really speaks to the ward, right? So Ward 11, that's Old South, Wardley Village area does include some other parts as well. But I think there you really see people looking for like a really progressive option. Skylar's a a former Urban League president. Uh, Mm. That's the same. um, That's the case for their current representative, Stephen Turner. He also endorsed Skylar. Um, Again, she ran a very organized, credible campaign. You know, I think she would have really appealed to people at the door. She's talking about environmental action, transit, a lot of, um, you know, cycling, these types of priorities that would likely speak to people in that ward. Not to say Jeremy wouldn't. I think he he also had a very strong and organized campaign, but just Mm -hmm. clearly, you know, didn't quite play um, as well or or didn't pick up as, uh, as many voters as as he needed clearly but you know i think this is also a little bit the story of of low turnout here um and frankly yeah. if jeremy had been running in a different ward he he may have taken it he's a very strong candidate but yeah skylar's gonna come out here with the the big w and uh, i don't think that's a big surprise either she really worked for it and it, it fits with the ward yeah um ward 12 is elizabeth pelosa again she's the incumbent again she won by a landslide like That's it seems right. to be either a landslide or very close. You know? That's right. That's right. You know, and I don't think anybody predicted that Elizabeth would have much trouble here. She had two challengers, but they didn't have very much name recognition. Uh, not to say they weren't out there trying, but, you know, Elizabeth's uh, got a pretty decent record on council. Uh, well, liked by most of her constituents and um, yeah, an easy win for her here. Okay, Uh, let's do Ward 13, because this one was um, really close. Speaking of the opposite, uh, David Ferreira beat out John Fife Miller, 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 uh, who uh, was the was the appointee from last term. Right. One of the appointees. But he only won by 34 votes. Absolutely. You know, 34 votes. This is I when know. every vote, when they say your vote matters, this is where it matters, right? It really does. 34 votes. So it'll be interesting to see. We may get a recount here. Uh, and, you know, last night at RBC Place, uh, David Ferrer showed up and he he truly he could not believe that he was winning. <laughs> not, not that I don't think, you know, he he 
didn't think he deserved it, not in that way, but he was right. just shocked to see those numbers come through, right? And it's so tight, it's so close. And we were, you know, kind of waiting to see, oh, are there still polls left to report in that area? Oh, no, they're not. Like, David, it's yours, but by 34 votes. So that's a really interesting scenario. Uh, I don't know that this was expected by very many people. John Fife Miller, very well known in the community, even after he lost in um, in 20. Uh, 18 he was you know doing a lot of work in the ward like you know um, building relationships with with merchants or in other organizations downtown so uh, I certainly did not expect this David's really presenting uh, you know a, a voice of, of change he wants to tackle homelessness uh, of course everybody does including all mm -hmm. the candidates in the downtown but something about you know his message must have really resonated with voters mm -hmm. he did a lot of door knocking a lot of sitting down with people and really trying to hear their concerns like you know conversation circles outside apartment buildings so he definitely put in the work um, David's you know basically a political unknown so it's going to be very interesting to see what his representation looks like in that ward. Uh, as I say, he I think he was overwhelmed last night, but he he was heading home to his new baby to uh, to celebrate with his own. Oh, family. wow. Well, That's he's a busy, right. busy guy. And now he's going to be a counselor. He's going to be even busier. Um, OK, last one. And we'll we'll get through this. We have a few minutes left. Um, ward 14, Steve Hillier, um, the incumbent, he won. Uh, but it was a pretty close race between he and Sarah Lehman. It sure was. So yeah. he's just barely hanging on to his seat here. And at different times during the night, um, I think there was a bit of a question mark above his name. So Sarah Lehman, you know, she ran a really strong campaign as well. I think she was, um, she had some name recognition, right? Like she was, no, she is known in some circles in these, in this city, mm -hmm. especially nonprofits. She works for the London Abuse Women's Center, but, you know, often wears many hats, has multiple jobs. And so, you know, people knew her. And I think uh, she, again, had a really strong ground game. I heard from somebody even yesterday on Monday on election day that she was literally running, sprinting from house to house in like a last minute, you know, get out the vote campaign. Wow. So, yeah, she really talked to voters. And, you know, on the other hand, uh, Hillier did not do as much campaigning. He had a surgery, um, you know, in, in the middle of the campaign. I don't think he was able physically to get out as much. Mm. And uh, Hillier's also been very, very quiet on council over the past couple of years. He rarely speaks at meetings. I'm not sure, you know, how his constituency work is. Um, you know, you, you hear mixed reviews sometimes. So, yeah, I think this is a really interesting race. She only lost by, um, you know, a couple of hundred votes. So yeah. very, very interesting scenario there and a very tight race. OK, well, that's that's what happened last night. I know, Megan, you need to get some sleep because you were. <laughs> This is like the Super Bowl for journalists, you know, election night. Right. Um, so we'll definitely follow all of your stories and updates uh, from City Hall at LFPress.com as as you uh, do some new reporting about this new council in coming mid-November. Thank you so much for uh, getting up early to talk to us today. No problem, Rachel. It's going to be a really fun term to follow and, and cover. And hopefully we will not see voter turnout this low ever again. I hope so, too. Yeah. Thanks so much.